0: Welcome to another episode of Industry Seating. It's Sunday, February 7th. I just got back to Boise, immediately recording this podcast because I want to watch the Super Bowl later. Pretty simple. We did record the Fly Racing Racer X review podcast last night. Wanted to get that one out of the way, and there was so much that went on last night at uh, round six, the final of the Indy residencies, so they're calling them. That we wanted to go ahead and get it done and uh, free up our, our Sunday night instead of recording it. If it is already up, if you guys want to go ahead and listen to that, but yeah, we're going to get into the industry seating podcast. I do want to thank the sponsors of this podcast: Pirelli Tires, Plum Creek Funding, Guts Racing, Fast Foundry, Works Connection, Blendsall Oils, Risk Racing, Premier Vapor Blasting of Georgia, Six Twelve Suspension, Pro Glow Wash. Grant Stone Boots and Fly Racing. Thank you to all of them. That's quite a list. I appreciate you all spending your hard-earned money with those sponsors. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep growing and and try to keep adding good quality, quality companies that I am willing and, and very excited to be partnered up with. So let's just jump right into the 250 class, shall we? Christian Craig got it done. Back on top. Now you can say whatever you want. You can say that he had it handed to him. You could say that you know there's guy there's so many guys hurt, and you could say that Jet Lawrence isn't a hundred percent. You could say that Mosman went out before the race. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. And really, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the results are what the results are. You have to be in the race to count. If you're hurt, I'm sorry. If you crash, I'm sorry. If you're not a hundred percent from a crash the weekend before, I'm sorry about that too. But the bonus checks and the points and all the accolades, none of that matters in that case. It only matters who gets to the checkered flag first. So for Christian Craig, congratulations, you're back on top this week. You cut the lead or the points lead back down to six and you firmly planted yourself back in this title chase. And that's exactly what he needed to do. Now I would have preferred... For him to have just gone out and won straight up and no crashes, no issues, no one has any problems. I think on a, a mental confidence level and morale and all those things, I think that would have been the absolute best case scenario. But, hey, you can't pick and choose how you're going to get wins. You know, if Colt's going to get the whole shot and throw it away, you got to be there to pick up the pieces and go ahead and go win that race. And that's exactly what Christian did. I didn't really think he had the win in him because watching that heat race, man, Colt Nichols just kind of had him covered. Colt looks so damn good in that heat. But again, that's why they dropped the gate. That's why we run the races. You cannot assume anything. Just because a guy's faster in a qualifier or has been faster than you recently doesn't mean he's going to put together a 15-minute main event on that given night, right? Going into Houston, I would have thought Jet Lawrence would be winning races and be firmly in this title chase, and he's not because he keeps making mistakes. He hurt himself at Indy 2, right? Whatever Indy that was, he hurt himself. And even last night at Indy 3, he's still making mistakes all over the place. I mean, he, you know, he's battling Colt Nichols and, and getting into a little bit of cat and mouse there. Then he ends up jumping off the track and allowing Oldenburg to go back past. So you're just seeing the youth and inexperience of Jet Lawrence showing up. It's to be expected. I, you know, I, I still think that the future for Jet Lawrence is incredibly bright, and it, you would have a very hard time talking me out of that. I think you're just seeing a 17-year-old kid being a 17-year-old kid, and there's a lot of pressure on him, and he's expected to race with veterans. You think about Colt Nichols. He's been around this class for quite a while now. He's not really a kid anymore. He's led the points and won races and and traveled all over the world racing. Not that Jet hasn't, but again, think about you when you were 17 years old. Think about the poise and the decision-making process that you had at 17 years old. So it's, it's really easy to see why Jet has a tough time just putting consistency together, and that will come with age. That's just a maturation process that he will go through. Mitchell Oldenburg, nice bounce back. He had a hell of an Indy 2. Shouldn't have even been in the main event, in my opinion. He got screwed, yes, with the whole frame thing. But again, he did not qualify for the main event. That seems to be a necessary uh, aspect of racing the main event, is actually qualifying for the main event. But he had a nice ride. He got a fourth. I thought that he should have been on the podium. I really do. Um, he had such a huge gap over Jet Lawrence and, and Colt Nichols when uh, they were on the ground and Jet was way way back from a bad start. Just looking at it with Oldenburg in second, I, I was like, man, this is your podium. Like, you have to go take advantage of this. And he just wasn't able to hold the pace. Uh, when Nichols and Lawrence got going, they really started dropping their lap times and getting after it. Even in the midst of kind of that cat and mouse game that I alluded to. Oldenburg just wasn't able to to really match pace and stay away from those guys. I think when he lost touch with uh, Joe Shimoda, that really was the death knell for him. He just he needed to stay on Shimoda's wheel and let Shimoda drag him away from that pack. Obviously, Shimoda just had too much pace, and I'm sure Oldenburg was trying like hell to do that. Right? It's not like he he's uh, not hip to the plan. This isn't breaking news for him. He just wasn't able to. And that's there's nothing other really else you can say. He had to have seen Colton Jet coming. And it's really frustrating when you're doing everything you can and you have a big gap and you know that you should stay in front of those guys and you just can't. They're just too fast and they're and they're coming too quickly to do anything about it. I think he was pretty lucky to get that spot back over Jet. You know, Jet went off the track and then had to go around the berm after the finish line. Otherwise, Oldenburg, you know, takes a, a second place, possible second place finish, and would have turned it into a fifth. But a fourth is—it's nothing to sneeze at. I, I would just bet he has uh, some nice bonus money for podiums. But in any case, uh, I will be ready to move on to a different coast of the 250 class. I just, man, I've—I've I've seen enough of this group, and nothing against them. It's not their fault. We just—we're really shallow. We just don't have a lot of depth in it, and we're watching the same guys race for the podium over and over and over with really no chance of a lot of variance. Like, you know, the guys in six, seven, eight, nine, they're privateer guys and God bless them. You know, I I can certainly relate, but they have no real chance of getting up there and battling for podiums. You're just not going to do it. They don't have the speed. They don't have the equipment. They don't have the experience. They don't have any of the real necessary ingredients to do that. So roll on the other coast here soon. Uh, We have another Orlando round for these uh, the same coast, but I'll be ready for it. Um, as far as title, you know, I, I still think it's Colt Nichols' title to lose. Him battling all the way back to third, even in a depleted coast, you know, as, as I mentioned a, a minute ago, right? It's, it's hard to say, what a ride from Colt getting all the way back to third. And then on the other hand, immediately after, say, well, this, this coast is so weak. How could he not? So you kind of have to pick one or the other. I, I just like what he did. You know, he had a pretty big crash. He was dead, dead, dead last and was able to fight back to a podium and that meant passing Oldenburg and Jet Lawrence along the way. So we shouldn't minimize it just because the uh, the class is is pretty weak as we all know. I'll still take Colt for the title. I think Christian Craig put himself back into this thing, but everything I've seen from Colt lately just has me pointing that direction. I, even after the race he was obviously bummed but poised and and spoke well on the podium and you know, I think in his mind he knows or feels, I shouldn't say knows, but he feels that he has Christian covered at the moment. And I think, you know, in his mind, if they lined up, you know, 10 times, he's going to beat him nine out of 10. And uh, that's a pretty confidence inspiring feeling. The big question, I guess, is once we have this long break after Orlando, does anything change? You know, we go into those, those April and May races. Does anything change with all that time off? Uh, does Christian make it take a step forward? Does Jet get back to 100% and, and try to get back in this thing? Although it's pretty much over, as we know, missing missing that round eliminated him. But can he get in there and, and play spoiler somehow between Colt and Christian? That's it for the 250s. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them because ah, just it is what it is. The, the, it was craziness, right? The the Joe Lauren stuff was interesting. I'm not a huge fan of the cat and mouse stuff, like looking back and all the brake checks and stuff. That's not my style. I was never really into racing like that, but I'm not going to hammer on him too bad. He didn't do anything overtly dirty. I'm always just the kind of guy that when you're in a battle like that, like let's race forward, right? There was still Oldenburg in front of them. It's not like they were battling for the win. You know, Shimoda's way out there too. It's not like they can really know where Shimoda's at either. So I'm always wanting to, let's go forward and try to catch the guys in front of us. And if you beat me, if I beat you, okay, we'll sort that out later. But slowing each other down with half the race to go or five laps to go or whatever it was is not really accomplishing what we set out to do. We need to go catch those guys instead of worrying about each other. If that's the last lap, no problem. Totally get it. You should be blocking and and protect that position at all costs if it's that late in the race. But this was not that late, and they still had more work to do. So I think it's just, again, immaturity, and he'll learn and and understand the bigger picture that uh, moving forward and going ahead and chasing those guys down in front of them is is much more important than that lap with however much time was on the clock still. And realistically, if if Nichols is coming like that anyway, your chances of holding him off – with that much time to go, aren't good. So you're better off just racing forward. And if he gets you, he gets you. At least you're not going to lose multiple seconds per lap slowing each other down. Again, with the sponsors, thank you. I will get into those a little bit more in depth during the all-important power rankings that I all know you love so much. And, and you know, the power rankings to me... It's a little cheesy, but it gives me talking points. And really that's all it is, is just a springboard for me to jump off of and talk about these guys. That's all I really want to accomplish by using the power rankings. But I also like to keep up with the ebb and flow of these guys' momentum. Because as you'll see in some of these, you can make pretty big jumps. And we see some There The class is so deep. And guys that were killing it at the beginning of the season, a la Justin Brayton, had a hell of a tough run in Indianapolis, things just did not go well. And and he really couldn't do wrong. It seemed in Houston and just everything flipped on its head when we went to Indy. So it's, I like to do it with that because the points always don't reflect it and it's not always about, um, the bigger picture. It kind of shows the trend lines. So per se of, of where these guys are going and guys that are, you know, kind of on the rise and maybe they're on to building something bigger or guys that need to really regroup, before, you know, we head to Orlando and uh, try to get back on the right track. So starting at number 10, I have Dylan Ferrandis, And I, I struggled with the back end of this. Uh, a few of these guys would be pretty interchangeable. Uh, Ferrandis, honestly, I've been expecting more. I really thought with the technical track that we saw at Indy, all three, that he would excel. I, I really thought it would be kind of a coming out party, especially after that run he had at Houston too, where he got on the podium. I don't know if it starts. I don't know if it's just you know maybe he's just struggling with the pace. Like he's just another guy in this pace. But after you know he's coming off an injury and then he goes out and gets second in his second ever 450 race. I was like, oh man, like he's in, he's legitimately in championship considerations here. I didn't think he was going to be your champion, but you have to mention him two races in when he's already got a podium. I think he went six two, and I'm going off memory at the first two rounds. That's pretty damn strong to, uh, to enter your 450 series. And then it's just kind of come off the rails a little bit, nothing horrible, but he's just, he's just fallen off of the hype train just a tiny bit. We'll see what he does from here on out. He's again, he's fine. Nothing wrong. No reason to reach for your panic button. We're nowhere near any of that. I just, I thought he might be, you know, battling for some podiums by now. and, And we're certainly not seeing that number nine is Aaron Plessinger and he's been better. His first three Houston rounds were nothing to write home about. I mean really struggling. So I like to see the bounce back. This is the first time I believe he's been in the power rankings. I should probably scroll up and double check that. let's let's just look. Uh, yep first first time he's been in. So great ride. his Tuesday ride was really good. Last night he was battling with Osborne and Ferrandis the whole race and I like what I'm seeing I, you know he made mention a couple weeks ago, I think it's a couple weeks ago that he really needed to turn it up. Like he was, I I think he was riding a bit complacently and he wasn't, you know, wasn't getting the starts and wasn't really taking the chances that this class requires for success. So I like to see him getting better. Now keep in mind, he's won the Indianapolis round on a 250 before. I I think he feels very comfortable. He's from Ohio originally, so it's a home track feel. So let's see what he does in Orlando. You know, I have him at nine. I like what I saw. I like the improvement in his riding that I've seen overall overall but he really needs to back that up and show that it wasn't just an Indianapolis kind of trend because that, that can happen. You can see guys just get really comfortable on a, a specific dirt texture, and then we move on to another city with a couple of rounds in it, and they just really struggle. So I'll be watching for that closely to see if he can keep this level going. Jason Anderson, I have an eight. Nice to see Anderson back. He, he dislocated his finger at round five and was not able to race that night. And then he came out in the, the, uh, untimed practice and really struggled again. I'm like, oh man, like this isn't, this isn't good. He'll probably have to wait to Orlando, but nope. You know, I, I'm sure they gave him some sort of, uh, medication to handle the pain because typically with dislocated fingers, it is just a pain issue. You know, you can tape them together to add strength and stability to that weakened finger, but it hurts. I've, I've done it. I've raced with it. It's not a lot of fun. But I liked the way he rode in the main event. You know, he got up to sixth. He got some help there with uh, Tomac and Barsha. But still, I mean, that's a solid ride coming off and and still injured. And he really hasn't had much to write home about this year. He's been on the backside of the top 10 most of the time. Uh, So a sixth is a step in the right direction, even though you could argue it should have been eighth. I get it. But again, going back to the Christian Craig theme, who cares? Whatever the results say is the position you got. I don't care how you get there or who crashes or who doesn't show up or whatever happens. In the end, the results are all that matters. So nice work from Jason Anderson. I want to talk to you a little bit about Pirelli tires. If you look at the privateer listings, especially in this in the 250 Coast we're on now, it's a Pirelli storm. And of course they have guys like Justin Brayton and Mitchell Oldenburg battling for podiums. But I love to see all of the privateer involvement and if you can just go down the list i posted it on the industry seating instagram the other day I, I think they had upwards of like 10 10 out of 22 riders in the 250 class in the main in the uh 250 main event that's awesome i love to see their supercross presence skyrocketing cuz that's what it's all about that's i think to me that's their final frontier is is just getting more established in the in the supercross ranks you know i've used their tires for a long time uh between between Pirelli and a few other brands, uh, I kind of equally spent my time. My last uh, year, in fact, was on Pirelli's in 2012. And, uh, of course, Western Power Sports is a Pirelli distributor. So I am uh, I'm very close to the company. I'm, I'm really good friends with uh, several people that work there. And uh, thanks to them for being a part of this podcast as well. I want to thank Plum Creek Funding. Interest rates still at all-time lows. Still have an incredible opportunity to save a ton of money. I don't think that's going to change for a while. So if you're trying to get your ducks in a row and you're trying to learn about this stuff, you still have time. What I would recommend is I always do is reach out to Zach Morris, 720-212-4685 and just ask, ask how he can help, ask how he can save you money. It's not going to cost you anything. If he can help you personally, I'm sure he will. That's what he's in business for. But if he can't, he's going to give you good advice. I also want to thank Guts Racing for coming on board. The coolest thing I learned about the commercial that Guts Racing added was that you can customize your own seat cover. That's awesome. I didn't even know and It's pretty sad that I didn't know that, but I didn't know that. So if you have your own custom graphics or whatever and you want to customize your seat to match that, you can absolutely do that at Guts Racing. So go to GutsRacing.com. Appreciate Andy Gregg coming on the show. Now let's jump into number six. Now I, I thought long and hard about this, and and again. Six through 10 were pretty fluid. I wasn't locked in, and I was on the plane doing this list this morning, and I, I kind of moved him up and down and finally settled on this. But I have Osborne at six, and maybe I'm biased. I am a Zach Osborne fan. He does wear fly racing. You know, I am his friend, all those things. So I get it. If you're, like, looking at me, you know, puzzled with him at six, I get it. But I like the way Zach's riding. I think he's better than his results are showing. You know, he battled up to that fifth place from dead last the other day, around uh, four or five, whatever that was. And I think he's going to get better from here. So maybe maybe I'm projecting where I think he'll be a little bit here. But if you if you wanted to say there's no way he should be better than eight, okay. I'm okay with that too, right? I, I get six may be a, reaching a tiny bit based off of his results. But uh, you know what? I'm going to put him there anyway. So Zach Osborne at six. I think he'll get better. I think you're seeing the worst of his season so far. We're six rounds in out of 17, and I think we're seeing the worst of it. I think he he gets better from here. I think he becomes a top five to six mainstay, and then he throws in a couple podiums there too. The question is, can he win another one? I don't know if he can win one right now. It's certainly possible. He won one last year, but I'm not seeing the level that he needs to be on to win. Uh, the level that Roxon is on right now. It's, it's a touch better, uh, for sure. So we'll see how the season plays out. It is a long season. I don't know that Roxon can sustain this and all you need is one good start. And you get a couple guys behind you on the start that give you a gap. And that's all, that's all it really takes sometimes. So I'm hopeful, but I haven't seen a winning level just yet. Uh, and I'm going to check myself there because he could have won Houston too. I think that's why he ended up crashing. He was trying a little bit too hard. So I, I need to I need to kind of pump the brakes on saying I haven't seen a winning level because he certainly could have won Houston too. But at Indy, um, you know, he just hasn't been up there. And I guess it's when I say a winning level yet, it's putting all the pieces together. You need the start. You need the speed. You need to avoid mistakes. You know, you need all those things to win a race. And I guess that's really more what I meant versus just the speed alone. Next up, number five, Adam Ciancerullo. I don't know what to make of Adam lately. I don't know if he's getting arm pump. I talked to him at the airport this morning. I just didn't want to pepper him with critique and, hey, what's going on, you know, kind of questions. Why are you doing bad? Uh, we were more talking about the Super Bowl and, and all the things, you know, we're, all, we're both from Florida and Tampa Bay and all that stuff. So um, I don't know. I, I, I would guess arm pump just watching him ride. That's the tendencies I'm seeing where he just doesn't look like he has any intensity and he can't really push that's usually your arms are pumped up and you're just kind of going through the motions. Because typically with Adam, if he's feeling loose, loose equals fast for him. And uh, that's not really what I'm seeing. It just looks like everything's tempered. And that's a pretty telltale sign of uh, your arms are too tight to really ride the way you know how to. So we'll see. We're going into his home race. He's from uh, Ormond Beach area, which is about hour from orlando so this is certainly a home race followed by daytona which is another home race so he's got a chance to break out get a little uh a little emotion a little hometown uh excitement going i'm sure the crowd will be loving it and uh, maybe he'll break out i think if you give him a good start and you have all that adrenaline going you could see something pretty awesome from uh from Censorillo. definitely want to thank fast foundry if you want to go back and listen a few episodes ago, I did an interview with Robert Carrico and he talked about all the ways that he can help your, your startup, your established business getting automated, getting more efficient. And I spend a lot of time because I like learning about this stuff. I read a lot about it. And it's just one of those areas where I think the more educated I am moving forward, as we, you know, we're, everything in this world is becoming, uh, you know, whether it's computer based or automated in some capacity. And I, I've lived that with fly racing, whether it's our warehouses or any aspect of our process, there is no downside to learning more. So I've been really trying to educate myself on my own. You know, I had spent my life racing instead of going to college, even though I did go for a year or two, I didn't finish. So I, I always feel like I'm behind the eight ball a little bit on formal education. So I do the best job I can trying to learn this stuff. So I would go to fastfoundry.com. Learn a little more, you can reach out and talk to Robert himself. And his email is Robert at fastfoundry.com. You can certainly ask questions, and maybe he can help your small business be a little bit more prepared for 21 and 22 when we're all, we're dealing with all these uh COVID variants and business has certainly changed. There's no question about that. Uh whether you're doing meetings on Zoom or whatever the case, being the most efficient form of your business possible is the way you need to be, and we've we've certainly gone through that at, at Western Power Sports and Fly Racing as well. Works Connection, use the promo code JT21 to save yourself some money at checkout. And listen, this is just free money. Works Connection doesn't have to do this. Any of, None of these companies that have promo codes have to do this. They're trying to help me and help you save some money. I, I really like it because it gives me a way to promote, and it also saves listeners money, right? If you guys are loyal and listen to the show and then go buy sponsored products, they're willing to help you out and and save a few bucks on the back end. So use the promo code JT21 to get your Pro Launch Start device. And I had a pretty cool stat the other week. Uh it was one of the Houston rounds. 12 out of the 24 riders in the two main events had a Pro Launch Start device. That's insane. That's crazy. Half the field have Pro Launch Start device. That's uh that's a pretty cool thing to, to witness. It's actually over half the field if you think about it. 12 in each class. There's a 22. So... Go get yourself a Pro Launch Start device if you race. Uh, it's going to make a difference. I've used them several times throughout my career. Most of the teams use them for a reason. Look at the guys that are getting the starts. Monster Star Yamaha, Factory Honda. They use Pro Launch Start device for a good reason because they're reliable, they work, and you get whole shots. Not that hard to figure out. So thank you to Works Connection, promo code JT21. Check out Blenzo Oils. They are a sponsor of all kinds of people They're, They sponsored Hunter Schlosser, who was your LCQ winner at Indy three round six. So that was cool. They, and, and honestly, it's funny how I think that came about the owner's name of Blenzel is David Schloss and he saw Hunter Schlosser. Their names were similar He said, I'm going to help that kid out. Well, Bunzall is being rewarded because Hunter Schlosser is getting it done. Just won an LCQ. He's got a lot of TV time in this, in this field. And that's not anybody's fault. Hey, take the good with the bad. So congrats to blends And, uh, yeah, if you need, if you need oil, which if you ride dirt bikes, you need oil. I ask you to check out blends oils and go to at on their Instagram to learn more risk racing. The promo code there is JT dollar sign. I would implore you to go back and listen to the interview I did with James, the founder of risk racing. He can tell you about all the great products they have to offer, whether it's the lock and load palm protectors, uh, my favorite, which is the the starting gate they have, I actually used that in my own racing career long before I had any relationship with Risk Racing, but they have a very unique product lineup, which you're not going to find anywhere else. And I think that's my favorite thing about Risk Racing is they took the time to go invent new products that I've never seen anywhere else, right? Because so much of this industry is... I don't want to say copying each other, but very similar products. And listen, that's my everyday life, right? I <laughs> I sell helmets and boots and pants and goggles and gloves and things like that. Of course, we have other things, but it is a very similar lineup to other brands that you would know, you know, obviously very popular brands that I have to sell against. We're all competing against each other. And that's what I like about risk racing is many of their products, they don't really have any competition, which is a very nice place in the market. We don't really have anybody to compete against. That lets you corner the market. So pretty cool. JT dollar sign is your promo code there. Premier Vapor Blasting of Georgia. Mention the podcast. You will get 25% off. Go on their Instagram. That's I've said this so many times on the show, but it's still so powerful. If you go to their Instagram, which is Premier Vapor Blasting, and see the work that they do, you'll get it. You'll be blown away. And anytime you need something in the space, you need something restored, you need something cleaned, they should absolutely be your first choice. 612 suspension, if you have any sort of power sports product, yep, side-by-side, dirt bike, quad, street bike, whatever it is, 612 suspension can get you dialed in. Listen, it's going to be riding time soon. Spring's going to be here before we know it. It's February. I'm looking out of blue skies in Boise. It's like high 40s here, which is, that's not warm, but it's reasonable, right? When I go outside, I'm not, my initial thought is like, oh my God, why am I here? that That's a lot of mornings when I leave here. It's not right now. It's pretty nice. People walking around. That's putting spring into the air. That's putting that riding thought into my head about when am I going to be able to start riding my bicycle outside? When am I going to be able to, to go ride that new 2021 Honda? So why don't you get your bike dialed in, send your suspension off to 612 suspension, and be ready for whenever the weather breaks wherever you are? Because I was in Minneapolis the other day, and it was like minus one or something. But it ain't going to last forever. It's going to break, and you should be dialed in with 612 suspension when that happens. Mention the podcast you get 20% off parts and labor, and I should also mention that they are a Racetech affiliate, so there's never going to be a question about the quality of parts or labor. Grandstone boots. Been with those guys since 2015. The best footwear in the game. If you work in an office like I do and you want to look sharp, or hey, it's just Friday night and you're taking your girlfriend out and you want to impress her, why don't you pick up some Grandstone boots they're pretty awesome. I would go to Grandstone Boot on Instagram or grantstoneboots.com and see what I'm talking about. They have belts and wallets, and all kinds of stuff there too. If you ever see me out on a weekend, you'll see me with my Grantstone Boots on. ProGlow Wash, their promo code is moto15. If you wash your bike or your quad or your street bike or your, all the similar things, all the similar products that 612 Suspension would be dialing in on, if you wash any of those, which of course you do, right? We all have to wash our stuff. Why don't you use something that's specifically built for power sports? Go to ProGlow Wash. Get yourself some today. It's going to take off all that grease and crap because even on my truck, I have a I have a, uh, a lifted Chevy truck, and it slings mud and just road grime all over the place. And uh, I need stuff like that too because that crap doesn't want to come off my car. And it's no different than a dirt bike. Anything like you're putting chain lube all over your your chain, and then it's slinging all off all over your swing arm and all over your wheels. Listen, I get it. You know, I, that's all I've ever done. My whole life was, was ride and race a dirt bike. Progo wash. will get all that crap off. So check those guys out. Use the promo code moto 15 to save yourself some money. That'll give you 15% off. Now it's time for your top three for your top three. I have a tie. The first ever tie in the industry seating power rankings. I have Justin Barsha, who that was not his fault last night. And I'm going to touch on that. And Eli Tomac tied four, three. And I loved everything about the way Justin Barsha rode at round five. He was able to fight Eli Tomac off. Not many people can do that. And I think he was going to do it again at round six. I think he was going to hold Tomac off and uh, end up on the podium there. And unfortunately, yeah, gets into it with Freezy, which I'll cover shortly. And they both go down, and it costs him a ton of points. He ends up 19th, and he's basically out of it now. He's 42 points out of the the championship lead. It's over. That was not his fault, and it sucks. That's why I have him tied for third because I don't think he deserved uh, that 19th. He was riding really well, and I love the way he bounced back after a horrible Indy one at Indy 2 and Indy 3. So uh, I gave him the benefit benefit of the doubt here, having him tied for third. I have Eli Tomek also, as I mentioned. Eli's fine, but I haven't seen the fire that I want to see from Eli. I haven't seen him just go out and just absolutely dominate yet, and I'm waiting for it. I think it'll come. We'll see it eventually, but it hasn't shown up, like just the overwhelming speed that everyone kind of – They feared a little bit, right? It's in the back of your mind. It's like, when is Tomac just going to come out and beat everybody by 20 seconds? I haven't seen any indication that he's going to do that yet. Uh, But yeah, that's a long series. Again, we're only round six of 17, and he's been a more of a late season guy anyway. He certainly lost some points there. Uh, I don't know if something was twisted on the bike because he was really far in front of Anderson with a lap and a half to go and was not able to hold Anderson off. So gave away a few more points there and he's – I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's in the 20s for how many points out of the series. I believe it's 24 out of the championship points lead now, and that's a lot. That's that's almost a full race. That's no joke. So he needs to uh, – i needs to rack some wins up here and get this thing back. You know, back in the 10 to 15 range is is a little bit more comfortable, right? That's a one-race type scenario if uh, Roxanne has an off day. The 24 is getting really scary, so he needs to – needs to figure this out. This was not his fault. But again, if you're up battling with Roxanne and Webb, you don't get into this scenario, right? If you're not stuck behind Barsha, none of this would have happened. So he has to take a little bit of that blame there too, for putting himself in a bad position. It's like NASCAR, like guys want to race at the front because you avoid all that crap and all the noise behind you. you. You avoid getting caught up in all those crashes, being stuck in the back. At two, I have Webb. This shouldn't be any surprise for anyone. He rode really well. We all were wondering if he was going to get Roxon late. Wasn't able to do it, but I, I loved everything about it. I was, uh, I was spotting for NBC Sports for the live telecast, and uh, I was going back and forth with the cameraman, one of the cameramen uh, that I thought Webb was going to win, and I thought he was going to reel in Roxon. and uh, pretty, pretty fun conversation there, but wasn't able to do it. And, uh, but still, great ride. You know, he's still firmly in this championship hunt. I like the way he's getting better and better. His form is coming around. He was the best I've seen him at round six, which is what you want, right? He's trending upwards. He was really fast in time qualifying, which he normally struggles or has been recently. So I liked everything about it other than, you know, Roxanne was just too good in the first half of the race for Webb to really make up the difference and find a way around. So if Webb gets a whole shot here sometime soon, I could certainly see him winning. But Roxon is so great at the beginning of the race now. I mean, his first five laps are world-class, like all-time good. And that's putting so much pressure on these guys because he's getting to the front and he's able to pick his own lines, he's able to do whatever he wants without really any pressure behind him. So uh, Webb's got to sort that out and he's got to get a little bit more into Kenny's head, I believe, if he wants to make this happen. Ken Roxon, number one, this should be... As plain as day, this, should, this is basic. Uh, he is killing it right now. Every time he goes on the track, he looks like he's the best rider in the world. So good for Kenny. I don't know if it's a, if it's him. I don't know if it's the mental change he talked about on the Pulp and show. I don't know if it's the 21 Honda being significantly better. My guess would be it's a combination of all of those things. But we're seeing the best Ken Rockson we've seen since 2017. No doubt about it sweeps all three indie rounds, just an unbelievable performance from him lately. And really all of, all of 2021, you know, the, uh, the meltdown with Dino, you could point to, but I mean, he would have won that race. And then the, the penalty he got for jumping on a red cross. So what, um, that wasn't anything indicative of his riding. He just got penalized for a rule that's really, really borderline in some of those scenarios. So let's talk about this uh, freezy thing really quickly. If you want a full breakdown of it, you can go to the race review that Steve and I spent 30 minutes on. So I don't want to rehash all of that because I'm sure a lot of you listen to both shows and you probably don't want to hear another diatribe. But it comes down to this for me. When you do things over the course of your career, over and over and over, and you're constantly in the spotlight in a negative light, you're taking people out, you are caught up in incidents. You're not getting out of the way. Guys like Ken Roxon are blasting you out of almost off the track when they're, you know, he's, he's 10 seconds out front at round five and he goes out of his way to make full contact with Vince Freezy, knowing he could, you know, really do damage to his bike or whatever. So clearly he was really pissed off. This isn't the first time that freezy has been involved in this stuff. It's not even the 20th time he's been involved in any of this stuff. I was trying to make the point to Steve. He got suspended in the 2011 season, 2010 or 2011, for this exact same thing, taking people out, doing stupid stuff on the racetrack. They talked to him a million times. They put him on probation. He did it again. They suspended him, and it really hasn't changed a whole lot. Now, I will say he's been better. In 2019 and 2020, a lot of the dirty riding dried up. And that's really what I wanted to see. Like you don't have to make contact with people. You don't have to knock people down. People aren't going to just unfairly target you all the time for no reason. And that's what I, Steve and I argue about the most is he thinks it's some sort of popularity contest of why people don't like him. And that's so stupid. I don't know of a better word than that. People don't like him and people target him because of all the things they've done in the past and the things he continues to do on the racetrack. It has nothing to do with off the track. It's all on the track. And when you do stupid stuff like that, yeah, people aren't going to like you. You, If you take me out constantly, which Vince Friese did several times, I mean, we got into it fisticuffs more than once. And I watched him do all kinds of dumb stuff. I mean, going back to Germany, watching uh, him get into fights on the middle of the track, people kicking him on the middle of the track because of the dumb stuff he was doing. When it's constant with one person over and over and over, there's usually a common denominator there. They're not doing this just because they want to pile on. People have their own problems. People have their own reasons for being out there and their own motivations. They don't want to be involved with Vince Freezy. So you have to then ask yourself, why are they getting involved with Vince Freezy? Why, why is it constantly Vince in the middle of these things? It sucks because I, I think Vince is a nice guy off the track. I do. Every time I've ever talked to him, he's, he's been really, really nice. And then I, I, see him constantly in these scenarios and I will say it's been better but this year it hasn't this year it's been a mess he's been crashing he's been ghost riding his bike he's been uh just in the middle of melee and and a fracas everywhere so I don't think he's doing it on purpose I really don't but he's got to clean it up man you can't be the story when you're getting lapped you can't be the headline when you're getting lapped so again I'm getting worked up but uh man, just, you know, this one, I don't think he was trying to do anything stupid. He needs to move out of the way and let the leaders go through. And and I've made my mistakes with that too. I get it. So I, but I feel like I have a pretty unique perspective on it because I've dealt with it so many times. And looking back in hindsight, you just have to make really smart decisions when the leaders are coming by. And, and this one wasn't, you can't float to the left when you can feel the guy to your left, you can't pin them against the, the tough blocks. You can't do that. You have to always give them the right-of-way, and he certainly didn't do that. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Probably nothing, but God, Steve and I just disagree on that so strongly, and I know he is like this social justice warrior, right? He always wanna sticks up for pe- wants to stick up for people and go against the grain, but sometimes you just have to call a spade a spade, and when somebody's doing stupid stuff constantly – you just have to say they're doing stuff constantly and not try to, you know, ride down the middle and say, well, why don't you look at it from their point of view? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm looking at it from the common sense point of view. And it's telling me the same thing over and over and over. So that's it. I'm all worked up now to end the podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you to the sponsors. Got a week off. Well, we don't have a week off. I got a few. It feels like we have a week off because there's not a Tuesday race, but I'll be in the office this week back here in Boise. And then we fly to Orlando on Thursday for uh yeah the return of some some florida supercrosses outside of daytona so i'm excited about that thanks for listening if you want to check out the uh the patreon podcast too i should mention that i do it every race day morning it does cost money i get it so no pressure obviously but it's patreon.com slash industry seating you can check that out i always post about it on my twitter as well so i will be doing that next saturday morning and then of course another episode of industry seating next sunday thanks again see you